everything has changed. It was supposed to be two months, two months of quarantine, two weeks. It was supposed to be two weeks, but it was 15 months in now, and everything's changed, right? There's nothing the same. How you do online shopping, online food ordering. I have a new love for hand sanitizer. How about toilet paper? Don't you have a new appreciation for having a couple extra rolls at home? We have a new appreciation for things, but everything's different now. I mean, some people in our church family have lost loved ones. People have lost jobs, lost money. Some of us haven't been affected health-wise, but we've been inconvenienced and struggled, and this is hard. And now, when you cough in public, it's like, it's different, right? Like. Everything changes, how we do online school, how we do online church. Everything is different now, and yet nothing is different. Everything's different and nothing is different because we still as humans need each other. We still need to have a purpose. We need to find a role here on earth. We still all struggle, struggle with fears and failures. We still have hopes and dreams. While everything has changed, nothing has changed. I need people. I need you. You need me. And I need purpose. And God hasn't changed at all through this pandemic. I mean, the God who supplied for your needs before the pandemic, God was present with his sons and daughters to give you power and peace before. During the pandemic, God supplied power and peace for his children. And after the pandemic, God will continue to provide power and peace for his children because God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, even the gates of hell can't stop God. The church of Jesus Christ is going to move forward. The kingdom of God can't be stopped or slowed down by sin or darkness or injustice or sickness or a pandemic or sword. Nothing stops the kingdom. It continues to move forward. So we may have to do things a little bit different as a church, but what we do, why we do it, is not going to change. How changes. Why never changes. So welcome to Vision Sunday 2021. It's a little bit of a different kind of Sunday, a little bit different, but really important as a family to talk about a vision and really appreciate the membership of Faith Church taking time to vote, so please do that, but also really appreciate the leaders of Faith Church, elders and deacons and staff who work tirelessly behind the scenes to make Faith Church happen every week. I was thinking about this question, if everything has changed and nothing has changed, why do we even have Vision Sunday? If, if that's true, everything's changed and nothing has changed, why do we do this? And before I answer that question, I just got to tell you, if I were you sitting in your seat, I wouldn't come to church on Vision Sunday. I'm just being honest with you. Like, if I were you and the church family come and got in front and said, hey, you should come to Vision Sunday. It's going to be so great. Please come, please come. I'm the guy that goes, I'm not coming to that. I'm not going online for that. I'm not going to come and listen to another talking head, cast a vision, <gasps> yawn, corporate speak, pipe dreams to just make everyone feel better about what's going on. If I'm you, I'm not coming. And so I'm thinking about that this week and going, what the heck? Why are we doing this? And just thought a couple reasons maybe to help you and me see that this is practical to talk about vision. So I just want to share a couple things with you that I think help. Here, here's why I think vision matters. Um, vision is normal. Okay? 
This is important. Vision is normal. I mean, think of vision like a dream. It's normal for you as a child to think, I, I want to grow up and become something. I want to grow up and have this kind of job or this kind of life. Can you imagine talking to an elementary school kid and say, hey, hey, Johnny, what do you want to do when you grow up? And Johnny says, vision is stupid. I hate vision Sunday. I don't want to grow up to be anything. You'd go, that kid is whack. Like something is wrong with you child, if you don't have a vision, you are abnormal as a person if you don't look out and go, I dream, I hope, I wish, I want to become. It's normal. Imagine just sitting on the couch watching television and the New York City Marathon comes on. And you're sitting there with Cheeto dust all over yourself. You're eating Cheetos. And you're watching this epic race of thousands of people running across the bridge and you, you just have this thought, like you never really ran before, but you thought, you know what? I think I wanna run the New York City Marathon. That would be a vision, a dream. That would be something you would choose to do and that would be normal. That would be good to say, hey, I wanna run in those iconic buildings with that crowd, have that euphoria of finishing a race. That would be super fun, super normal. That's normal things that happen for everybody every day. And not me. I mean, not marathon runner. Like, that's not this. But the reality is for a church to have a vision is normal. Frankly, for a church to not have a vision is abnormal. Think about a church that doesn't have a vision to reach the next generation. Think about a church that doesn't have a vision to change how they do things but keep their message the same. What do you call that kind of church? I call it dead or dying. To have a vision for a church is normal, it's healthy, it's good. What else about vision? Vision clarifies and unites. If I have the vision to run the New York City Marathon, I start researching, right? I start going, how am I going to do this? And I realize that I start to have clear priorities about what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to change my diet. No more Cheetos on the couch. I got to start running. Probably wise for me to do a 5K first and then a half marathon. I don't just go to a marathon. I research. I get clarity. I start to prioritize. And as I clarify and prioritize, I start to bump into other people who want to run a marathon too. And there's this whole world of people that run marathons. And my vision to run the New York City Marathon unites me with other people who want to run marathons, and that begins to help me. And if that's true in a marathon, it's true for a church. That having a clear purpose and having a clear strategy is what unites us together as a church family. That when we see a vision of what God wants to do, and we begin to pray and prioritize together, pull our resources together, that what we're able to do together, unified with clarity, leveraging our resources and our time and our leadership and our love and our prayers together, we're able to accomplish God's purpose for the church, for this church, his church. This is clarifying. It unites us together. Back in 2012, Faith Church launched a new purpose statement. Purpose statement says, Faith Church is a God-glorifying, Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-empowered community which exists to proclaim hope, produce disciples, and unleash servants. 
And the Faith Church leadership team over the last number of years, 2019, started to look at that purpose statement and go, we need greater clarity in our purpose statement than the one we have. So I want to introduce you to the new Faith Church purpose statement. We remain, and you'll see it's not much different, we remain a God-glorifying, Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-empowered community which exists to help people find and follow Jesus. It's clear and simple and explicit about Jesus, that our purpose in these times is to be laser-focused on people finding and following Jesus. And what we found is we work with this other purpose statement that people get confused about the word discipleship, and they're not sure what it means to be a servant. But what the Bible teaches is that when you follow Jesus, you are both a disciple and a servant. When you follow Jesus, you are both growing in your faith and serving the world. Those are intrinsically connected. You can't separate in a follower of Christ growth and service. And so by being explicit about this, clear about this, our team is so excited to work on steps that allow every person who calls Faith Church home the ability to know what their next step is in growth. That no matter your maturity or where you are in your spiritual journey, every person here should know, what's my next step to grow? What's my next step to grow? What's my next step to grow? And there's not a person in this family that can't continue to grow. So I'm so excited because you're going to see some greater efforts and opportunities within small groups. You're going to see classes that are going to start to emerge to teach how you can grow in certain areas and lectures that are coming out to help you grow. So if you want to follow Jesus here at Faith Church, you're going to see really clear next steps of what that looks like for you. But this has to move beyond me finding and following Jesus. This has to do with us moving beyond my heart and your heart, our homes and your homes, and this church building. That to have a kingdom mindset is to look up beyond ourselves. It's so easy for us to be focused on self, but when you walk with Jesus and you're part of the family, when you follow him, you realize there's so much more than just my heart, my home, my family, my world. There's a greater world, and we have a vision to mobilize the kingdom of God beyond my home and my heart to the world. And if you've been around here, you've heard about this kingdom movement. It's a strategy that's pretty basic and simple. You've heard it before. Faith Church's strategy, we exist to give more people access to Jesus. There are obstacles in the way of people finding and following him. If there's something in the way, we have the responsibility and the privilege to remove it. And there are five things that God has put a vision on the leadership to do in removing obstacles so that people can find and follow Jesus. We want to help people have access to Jesus by expanding our online presence. That we're going to create greater content, more engaging content, so that when you're watching me right now, you can find and follow Jesus right where you are. That you're not second-class citizens when you're on the other side of the camera. That you may never show up on this campus, but there are ways you can grow and serve and follow Jesus. So we want to leverage more opportunities because I love Dolores out there and Linda and Stan who watch you're part of our family. We're going to give more people access to Jesus by encouraging you as a church family to find and give forever homes to kids that have been set aside in the foster system. 
Hundreds and hundreds, thousands of children been thrown aside. Who should take them into their homes but the church of Jesus Christ? And so we want to resource and encourage the church family here at Faith to give forever homes to kids because as they come into our homes, they will come and see Jesus and their lives will be changed. We're going to give more people access to Jesus by opening up a counseling center. Before COVID, we were seeing in this building 400 people a month and providing counseling and we couldn't fit all the people and we didn't have enough room for all the counselors. So we're going to launch a counseling center so we can meet the growing emotional and mental needs here in the valley. And we're going to give more people access to Jesus by launching churches. There are not enough God-glorifying, Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-empowered churches that have a vision for this world in the Lehigh Valley. There are dead and dying churches, but where are the churches that are going to meet the needs of all the people that live here? So we want to partner with others who are starting churches, and we're going to launch another campus of Faith Church in our region to be able to bring the hope of Christ to other people. And last but not least, probably the biggest, greatest vision is we want to give more people access to Jesus by taking the name of Jesus to places that it's never been heard before. Right now, there are 3,000 people groups, ethnicities, that have never heard about Jesus because there's nobody that knows Jesus in the region, nobody that knows Jesus in their language. There's no Bible. There are no churches. There are no opportunities. There is no access. That should matter to us. So we're going to raise up and train people from this place to go, to translate a Bible, to start a church. It could take decades. But if we don't, who will? People left their world and came to ours to open up opportunities for us to find Jesus, and we have that same opportunity too. These are big and lofty and hard things. And you know what? Any one of them, Faith Church could do on our own. Like if you're like, hey, you know what? This group of people, let's start a counseling center. That'd be easy. Like, come on. Let's, well, all these people, all these resources, start a counseling center, piece of cake. Expand online ministry? Sure, Joe, that sounds like fun. Notch in our belt. We'll think we're cool. We're great. But all of these things, all at once, this is crazy. Because God wants to get the glory, not us to do us something that we can do that we couldn't do on our own, that we can't take credit for, that we need him to do it in us and to have the kind of faith that says, this is your vision, God. We're your sons and daughters, and we're going to do the things that only you could call us to do and enable us to do. This is big. It's hard. It's worth it. And in a few minutes up here on Vision Sunday, I can't possibly unpack all of this for you. So over the next two weeks, Pastor Brad and I are going to talk about what does it mean to find and follow Jesus? What does it mean for us to give more people access to Jesus? Unpack and share this and help grow this desire inside you and me. But let me finish with this. Vision is normal. means you're whack if you don't have a vision. Vision clarifies and unites Vision changes us. When you have a vision, a dream, and you start to pray and prioritize, clarify, and unite with others, it does something inside of you. It changes you into someone different today than you were 
yesterday. If I had a vision to run the New York Marathon and I started to train and run and meet other people that were training and running, you know, before I ever got to the marathon, I'd be changed. Even if I never got to the marathon, I'd be changed. So the day I run across the George Washington Bridge, I'm a totally different person than when I sat with Cheeto fingers on my couch. There's something about this that's normal and clarifying and unifying and transformative inside each one of us, that without a vision, without a dream, we won't be changed. I want you to watch a story of a guy who started to come to Faith Church five years ago. And because of our vision to help people find and follow Jesus, this guy Brian's life has changed forever. Check this out. I'm a new man today. I'm a different man than I used to be. And that new chapter started about mid-December when we had a pretty heavy snowstorm. We were digging out uh, the, the driveway and getting my truck ready to go into work. And I, I was having chest pains. I, I was having difficulty breathing. And I knew something was pretty wrong. A couple of days later, I went to uh, the doctor and said, I, I think I need a stress test. And after talking it over with him, she said that uh, I already had my stress test and obviously I failed it. And uh, so she scheduled me for a cardiac catheterization. So New Year's Eve morning, uh, my wife brought me to the hospital for this procedure. I woke up in recovery and the, the news was that I wasn't going home, that instead they had scheduled me for an emergency operation the first thing in the morning. And that was going to be a double bypass. And because this was in the middle of COVID and their, uh, their visiting protocol was that you couldn't have visitors. So then my wife had to leave. And knowing that there was a possibility that that was the last that I would see my wife, uh, that, that really gave me a, a sense of loss right there. So I had the, the rest of the day and the whole night to anticipate what was going to happen the next, the next morning. I knew the risk involved, and, uh, and I, I was scared, of course. Um, I was alone, and it was then that I, I reached out and surrendered to, to Jesus and, and prayed. Waking up from uh, a procedure like that, it uh, puts you into a, a panic attack. You... Um, you're surrounded by people who are strangers, and you've got your your arms restrained, and you've got a, something down your throat, and you can't talk. It wasn't until they took the tube out of my throat that I I finally realized that I I, I was going to be all right, and I I was going to make it through this. And my first words were, "Praise God." I was given another chance at life, and it, it has really changed my life. I knew that it was going to be a, a long while for me to physically recover from this operation, but uh, for, for my soul, for uh, my spirituality, my faith, it, it was instant. I, I knew that I could trust God with anything. He would never fail me, and, and He didn't fail me. 
The worship team has been singing a song by Bethel. It's called The Goodness of God. And the lyrics of that just, uh, they just touch me after what I went through because it, it talks about, uh, I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. In my darkest night, you were there for me. And I will sing the goodness of God. And your goodness keeps running after me. I have to ask myself, why would God give me another chance? Obviously, he has something for me to do. And uh, someone asked me uh, recently uh, what my ministry was. And since it was a pastor that asked it, I, I said, well, I, I'm not a minister. I'm, I'm just in the congregation. He corrected me and he said, no, we all have a ministry. And uh, he's right. I've got a ministry to my family, where I work. Um, I, I've got a ministry to all all the people, my coworkers, the people that we take care of, and, uh, and and proclaiming the good news. That's that's my ministry. If Faith Church hasn't had a vision, where's Brian now? I mean, if a group of people for decades didn't say finding and following Jesus matters, we have to prioritize and sacrifice. You begin to see someone whose life is changed, and it inspires you and me, right, to change. I want to grow. I want to be different. And you see how he starts to have an influence on other people because of our vision, the vision that God has given people here over decades and I love stories, right? So fun to watch a story of someone's life being changed, inspiring, encouraging, and that reminds us that vision works, it changes us. But more inspiring to me than any story of life change is God's Word. And that when we have a vision of God from His Word, and we catch that, that begins to change us in miraculous ways. And so I want to take a few minutes to read to you from the Bible and give you a vision of God himself. Hear the word of the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Then God said, let's make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God, and I'm a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation to those who hate me, showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase 
and may enter and possess the land the Lord God has promised as an oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way to the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in order that you would know, he would know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. In the year of King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King the Lord Almighty. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that our hard service has been completed, that our sin has been paid for, and that she received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice says, cry out, and I say, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breath of his hand marked out the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They're regarded as dust on the scales. God weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Before him, all the nations are nothing. They're regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? God sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and his people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground that he blows and they wither and the whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? 
Or who is my equal, says the Lord? Lift up your eyes. Look to the heavens. Who created all this? He brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls each one of them by name. Because of his great power and his mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power to the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord renew their strength. They'll soar on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made God known. Jesus returned in Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, powers, rulers, or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head of every power and authority. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. Jesus has taken it away, nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities. Jesus made a public spectacle of them 
triumphing over them by the cross. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And after this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation and tribe and people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their face before the throne and they worshiped God saying, amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever, amen. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and they were no longer any sea I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God will be with them and God will be their God and he'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll no more death and no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He was seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I'll give to each person according to what they have done. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs. They are those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. The spirit and the bride says, come. And let the one who hears says, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes to take of the free gift of the water of life come. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has given to God that God should repay them? 
For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And amen. And amen. Because without this vision, faith church vision is crap. It means nothing. Because unless you see the glory and the greatness and the grandeur of the one who is and is to come, the Alpha and the Omega who forgives all our sins and changes our lives forever, unless you have a vision of the greatness of God and the forgiveness and goodness of God, all of this is just corporate speak and a waste of time. But with the vision of God, who he is and what he's like, that he's loving and forgiving, that he loves you, wants to change you and use you, that as you seek him and you find him and you follow him, he puts his spirit inside you and gives you purpose on planet earth. And that you look at your family and your friends and your coworkers and your neighbors and you look at people from every tribe around the nation and you say, I will do whatever I have to to give more people access to this Jesus because he's changed my life forever and I know that he's coming again and he's gonna wipe every tear from every eye and make all things new. With Christ we have hope. Without him we are lost forever. Faith Church, this is the vision of God. Find and follow him. Do anything you can to remove obstacles so that people can find and follow Jesus too. Would you pray with me? Great and mighty God, we are overwhelmed with your goodness, your greatness. We have no way of perceiving or knowing just how wonderful and good you are. But your word is true and active and alive and your spirit is here among us and you're doing something among people. You're changing everything. Your word makes it clear and I know it to be true. When I seek you, I will find you. When I thirst for you, I will have my satisfaction met in you and in you alone. You are good in all your ways and patient. Oh God, please. Give this church, Faith Church, a vision of your greatness and your goodness and your love and your justice. Help us to stay close to your truth, to be ambassadors of what is good and noble and right. Thank you for those who have gone before us, who have prayed and prioritized so that we could have this moment right now. Thank you for those who've sacrificed to translate a Bible into English so that we could read and get to know you and have our lives changed. Would you help us, God, to find you because you're not far from any of us. Would you help us to follow you, to grow and to serve as your sons and daughters? Would you help this church to leverage everything we've got to ensure other people can come to know you. We trust that if this is your vision and this is your purpose and this is the strategy you've given to your leadership here, that you're gonna carry it out. And so we humbly say, we'll follow you. We'll trust you. We love you. We need you. We praise you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.